Hey everybody, it's Trent for We Made You a Song. I've been thinking lately about this story that uh, we love to read to our kids when they were younger by Leo Leone called Frederick. And it's this simple story about this family of field mice who are preparing for the upcoming winter and they're all out there working tirelessly day and night to gather corn and wheat and all of these provisions for the upcoming cold winter. And that is everybody except for Frederick. And he's always getting a hard time from his family because he's not doing the work. And they're like, Frederick, why aren't you working? And he says, I am working. I'm gathering the sun rays and I'm gathering the colors and I'm gathering words um, all because in the upcoming winter it will be there won't be any sun and there won't be much color and we'll get tired of telling the old stories and we'll, we'll run out of words. And so they all kind of look quizzically, but then of course the winter comes. They at first are all happy because they have all this food. And then when rations start to strain, we, they start to run out of all that corn and wheat that they gathered. They look to Frederick and they say, Frederick, where are your provisions. We understand you were gathering some things. <laughs> and then Frederick regales them with re- the, re- the recollection of the summer sun and the beautiful colors of the field and uh, a poem that he recites. And I've been thinking a lot about that during this long year. For all those essential workers out there keeping our communities healthy and running, we hope that these little stories and these songs can shine a little light as those days get shorter and the weather gets colder. Our presenting sponsor is Old Hill Cider, located in Timberville, Virginia. It's the holiday season, and when you've exhausted all your powers of extended family Zoom calls or cold outdoor gatherings, wouldn't you like to curl up next to the fire with a refreshing drink? Well, Old Hill is no ordinary cidery. They've been raising their family, growing apples, pressing juice, fermenting hard ciders, and welcoming people with open arms for more than 50 years. It's all at showaltersorchard.com, their family. Back to the show. This is We Made You a Song. I'm your host, Trent Wagler of The Steel Wheels. We Made You a Song is a collaboration between The Steel Wheels and producing partner WMRA. If you're new to the podcast, We Made You a Song chronicles a unique songwriting process during these unique times of 2020, where The Steel Wheels opened themselves up for commissioned songs earlier in the spring. So each one of these songs is based off of an individual's true story. It was written for a specific time or place. And this podcast takes a little deeper dive into the story of the song, the songwriting process, and the humans behind it. This week, Genevieve.
Genevieve is a love song. A 2020 wedding song for Genevieve and Bertie. It was commissioned by Genevieve's aunt, Lorley. Genevieve was supposed to get married last summer, and she asked me to, with my family, to play a song for her that her husband liked at the wedding. And, of course, it, that didn't happen. Here's Genevieve. When it was became obvious we couldn't do it in April, I guess in March, we kind of thought, oh, I guess we're going to have to postpone this. And we thought August was like a really safe bet, you know. And then clearly that wasn't going to pan out, so we ended up having <laughs> immediate family. <laughs> and they had a small wedding that, you know, only a few people went to. So I thought, well, why don't I try to share some music? And I heard about you guys doing songs. And anyhow, so it was just a gift for Genevieve and Bertie. This was such a neat way for us to feel like more family was there, because I think Lorley would agree that music is just a huge part of our family culture. You know, it, it was fun for me, because Genevieve is so good. I mean, she's such an amazing artist. She's an excellent pianist. And, you know, if she took up baking, I know she's a great baker. <laughs> Genevieve and Bertie are lovers of the outdoors, lovers of animals. Really, that story of Frederick is their story. They are artists and musicians. And the small details matter in relationships. Um, and as we were introduced to this couple, family members described their love in small gestures, uh, like Bertie doesn't actually drink coffee, but he enjoys fixing Genevieve her morning coffee. And it got me thinking about my own marriage, and, and it's something that my partner and I have talked about, which is the difference in those daily details and kind of the mundane and the grand gesture of love, you know, I, and I won't name any names, but some of us don't always understand how much that grand gesture, a special gift, a surprise, flowers really mean for our partner. While some of the others of us, uh, those daily rituals of making breakfast or fixing coffee, that's our love language. And probably to some extent, none of us can get enough of either. But for this song, I really wanted to make sure to include some of those small details. I'll be telling you my bad joke. You don't have to laugh. I still tell them for my own sake. Hot chocolate for me, but there's coffee in the garage. Well, it's easy to make. I said it's easy to make. Thanks for sitting down with me, you guys, uh, to talk about Genevieve. Why don't you, does anybody want to start just talking about uh, receiving the, the bones of this song and what it sounded like to you initially and where it ended up going? Uh, this is one of those that we didn't have a whole lot of detail other than the name uh, Genevieve. Um, to go by and of course the lyrics um, but it is such an epic name it's kind of almost like this out of time and place name uh, legendary and so like, I think that, that gave us like a little permission to go kind of epic and, and pretty big with the production with some of the songs that come in sometimes you can this is Jay talking by the way um, 
you can tell that there's a styling that sounds like or could sound like another writer or artist and all of us can emulate that at times and um we got this track in and i opened it up and um loved the the writing and the chord progression and the sounds that were coming in and it reminded me a lot of a track off of ryan adams cold roses album and that was really cool and i really uh like the guitar tones on that record so i i'm just being very truthful here that really my biggest job on this was to emulate that tone as closely as i could because i wanted to there's two guitar tracks there's two left and right Well, Jay, yeah, I remember you sent, I think, uh, six guitar tracks. You sent stereophiles and monophiles for each of your guitars, and um, they were massive. (laughs) I just remember getting them, and I was just like, oh, man, this is going to be like stadium anthemic bananas. (laughs) I was so stoked. Well, this is Kevin talking. Boy, I had a great time playing the drums on this track because uh, when I when I got Trent's tracks, it was just like, you know, ripe for, you know, anthemic stadium uh, kind of big old reverberant drums. So um, that's where I went. I actually ended up setting up uh, two extra mics to kind of pick up a little bit more room tone. And um, so there's like a little bit bigger cymbals, bigger snare drum. loved Eric's uh, contribution on this one too because and the uh, the fiddle like the way that it kind of like builds all the way to the end like we kind of like waited and that was just re- a really cool cool concept you had going on when you have so much going on with drums and big guitar tones it changes the way that I would approach my playing and so instead of having a lot of double stops it's more of uh, a melodic voice and I went for more of the sort of the high plaintive sound and so that kind of gives you that full spectrum of like a really solid drum uh, some some really epic guitar tones and then sort of a more of a melodic tone uh, from the fiddle yeah the fiddle definitely in that space well uh, this is jay again as i was playing again you know for those of you who may not have listened to previous episodes we are sending tracks back and forth and we are not necessarily always knowing who is doing what and so it's a puzzle that comes together when kevin gets all the tracks and becomes the mix master 
but it's so much fun to think in our heads, okay, I'm playing and I'm trying to leave some space for Eric or vice versa, whatever. And then it's just a really, um, it's a fun experiment in that way than to see what happens at the very end when the song is mixed. I'd kind of like to talk a little bit about the labor of love that this song had at, um, at a certain stage, just with timing and with, um, with the tempo. So, yeah, when I record first, I often start with just a click track. And, and excuse, you know, forgive me if this is obvious, but uh, for those of you who don't quite know what a click track is, it's basically a metronome. And so then I'm playing along with it, this opening, uh, this opening lick sounds like this. One, two, three, four. Okay, so that's simple, right? You follow the tempo. But that also, that exact same tempo, if I decide I want to hear it in a different way, I can double time that, which is what I did in my ears when I played this song first. So now, one, two, three, four. So I played the exact same thing, and that truly is the exact same tempo. It's just I'm hearing twice as many beats in my ear uh, when I have that click going on. And so it sounds more full and busy in my ears when I first play it. It also makes me feel like, oh, this tempo is moving along quite fast because I'm hearing click, 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 click. Uh, but in this case, once I stripped that away and I heard all the other instruments, I was concerned that maybe I had recorded it too slow. And a quick note for those of you who are wondering, well, why do you even use a click track? Uh, a lot of this comes from the fact that we are recording at a distance from one another. And if I would record without a click track, even if I'm very locked in and a very solid musician, my tempos would probably uh, drift a little bit here and there. And so especially for the more percussive and rhythmic instruments trying to follow along what I started with as the bass track, it's very helpful to have it locked into a consistent tempo. So while it feels a little robotic when you're starting the recording, it allows everyone else to kind of settle into the tempo because I started with a solid tempo. Once you had kind of set that out as like this, is this too slow, guys? Then I went back and I listened. This is Eric, by the way. Uh, I went back and I listened, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, yeah, that's oh, that's way too slow. <laughs> and I was glad that you retracked the guitar, Trent, because I feel like sometimes, you know, like when we're recording in a bubble to like a click, you know, and this happens to, I think, everybody. It happens to me for sure. Like I'll play something without the band, 
and it's just like the most rigid, boring, grooveless thing ever. <laughs> and then I hear it against somebody else playing to it, and I'm like, oh, right, playing with someone else. Got it. And so I, uh, I was happy that we ended up kind of retracking that because then it kind of gelled. It sounded more like we were recording like as a rhythm section, like the bass and drums were locked and the guitar was locked with everything. And, you know, like the stereo electrics were, you know, swooping in and doing their, their magic and the fiddle coming in. And, ooh, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the tension there, though, is that like if everything's perfectly in time, it actually doesn't have a whole lot of soul. It's like those little variations in timing that actually r really make you feel like it's a human endeavor, not just like mechanical. So to find that sweet spot where everybody's together, but still moving, it's hard when you're in separate spaces. The other thing I found in uh, one, one lyrical, an interesting lyrical tie in this song was, um, I've, I have found as I've really dissected this album now, uh, I'm going to choose to call it a through line rather than a redundant lyrical choice. <laughs> but I've uh, I've used some some um, some semblance of trying to paint something uh, in a number of songs, or that will find its way in some imagery that's similar to like trying to paint your love in this song. Um, but if you look closely, there's a few lyrical choices and a few other songs that really ties the album together very well. Um, and uh, but but in this song, it's actually true. Like that's not just a metaphor or an image that I'm reaching for. Is like, oh, I can't quite, I, I can't think of the right words. I can't paint your um, Genevieve. The actual person is an actual painter. She is an artist. And so in that line of Genevieve, I want you to paint my love, it's an actual sort of, could have been more of a literal request than uh, just metaphor. And so almost anything in the lyrics that you find is directly true from them. Like uh, Bertie, Bert, like as in Bert, Bertie is the husband's name. And uh, he literally makes a screech owl sound like he calls he can he can emulate a screech owl like perfectly and so that first line was again not some poetic line it was like that's what i'll do <laughs> as a songwriter your paints your medium is words and and painting images with words and so those little things that are pretty specific details um, if they're told in the right way, kind of, they just really give, set the mood and images like, uh, there's a new light thing it can be taken different ways. It's, you know, it's morning light coming in the window or it's a new opportunity. And so, yeah, those little twists that can be, uh, taken different ways is really what allows every listener to kind of see themselves into the song. And I felt like I could do that in part because the chorus we could just rest in this name that like you said, Eric, like Genevieve, as soon as I saw the name, I was just like, man, I want that to be like the whole chorus. I don't care. <laughs> like Guinevere, Genevieve, like who has names like this, you know? If you listen to the wind, there's an old, old song Of the screech owl calling like he used Let the dogs off leave 
So then the the wedding happens. Was the song a surprise for you, Genevieve? Or how, how did it maybe tell us about uh, receiving the song and how it was introduced to you? So I, Lorely did admit that there was a song being prepared. <laughs> and um, I was sent it before the wedding, but I, I decided not to listen to it until the wedding. It was, it was yeah, it was, a, it was a huge surprise. And I knew that people had, it was... I knew that people had been interviewed, but it would still felt so personal. It was impressive that obviously you'd never met us. And it was so fun to have all those um, mm. elements put into it. What's it like? I mean, your name is so musical. Like, I love the name Genevieve. <laughs> what was that like to have this song that, yeah, has specific details, but also have this kind of chorus of your name in a song? It's a little funny. <laughs> <Do you remember? laughs> <laughs> but really nice. <laughs> For some reason, I've always put Genevieve and Guinevere in the same little world. <laughs> yeah, I had cousins that used to call me Guinevere because they couldn't get Genevieve right. So I, I claim it as my name as well. <laughs> this was like, to me, when I had the idea about you got, you writing a song for Genevieve, I was like, oh my God, that is the best thing I could do for her. And I couldn't believe that song. It just brought tears to my eyes when I first heard it. It's, it's so like... It's so perfect. You did such a great job of capturing them and and Genevieve. I mean, it was just, I don't know. It just felt like you just really augmented the whole, you know, that small wedding they had. It really made a big difference. And it's the best sort of present. I really, it's funny. People were have still been trying to give us presents, even though there haven't been guests. And we're like, no, no, really. <laughs> but it's something like a song that I, that's just, that's the most wonderful thing. And it lasts forever. You can always come back to it. But I think this project is a distant example of, of the ways we are able to connect during this time and kind of reach out even more in some ways. Here's the final version of the song, Genevieve.
Genevieve and Lorley for taking some time to chat, as well as my buddies in the Steel Wheels, Kevin and Eric and Brian and Jay, for talking about the music. As always, a special thank you to Matt Bingay at WMRA for his editing expertise. If you want to find out more about the Steel Wheels, we just released this album, Everyone a Song, Volume 1 that includes every one of the songs that you hear on this podcast. If you want to get on the email list or become a monthly subscriber to get special content, or maybe you're looking to finish your holiday shopping with lots of Steel Wheels merchandise, all of it is located at thesteelwheels.com or find us on social media under the name The Steel Wheels. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to recommend it to your friends. 
Make sure to put a five-star rating or give it a little review in whatever podcast format it is that you listen to this. We know 2020 has been a long year. We know that the winter is coming. We hope you have all your provisions for the long, cold winter. We all need some kind of creative outlet, especially now. And we hope that you're out there making something of your own. We hope to see or hear or taste or or feel that uh, creation soon enough and that we can celebrate that and be inspired by what it is you're making. But in the meantime, we made you a song.